Okay, well, welcome to Good News from the Middle East. And Joanne, we're privileged to have Bruce Pepin with us. Let's just talk a little bit about all things all Bruce. Things Bruce. <laughs> Let's talk about him. Bruce is the author of The Best is Yet to Be, Moving Mountains in Midlife. Mm -hmm. And that is just such an apt title for his book that's so good. Totally. And first of all, I'd have to say, did any of us sitting here together or listening ever think we'd hit that <clears throat> midlife mark when we were kids? I mean, that sounded so far away when we were youth, right? And now here we are. That's right. And he also has a new video series called The Journey of a Lifetime. It's finished. It talks about finishing well. And so that's out on platforms now where people can uh, join in and and uh, listen to the lessons, watch them. So helpful. We really like it. We're behind this. Yes, and uh, also, Bruce is on the Uncharted team. And so we're, we're not like big on titles, but he would be the COO. We just know this. Bruce makes things happen. That's right. And always. <laughs> and another thing about Bruce that we love is that we have known you and your wife, Kathleen, and your children, yeah. Brooks and Brianna. Oh, gosh, 35 five years 30 some odd years a long time yeah when our yeah. kids were little isn't that, isn't that something so we've done a lot of life together and we are so honored and so blessed that not only are we friends um but we are co-laborers in the kingdom of that's god right. so so serving jesus with you bruce is such a privilege and such an honor that's right and also <laughs> Before we let him speak, we're just going on and on. Uh, Bruce uh, runs our ministry. He's the lead over the ministry in Pakistan. We're going to talk That's about right. that. Wow. That opens up some things that believers have never known uh, is going on. So, Bruce, welcome to the program. We are so glad to have you. Oh, it's great to be with you both. And uh, so much that we can just talk about how God is at work. I mean, we can look around the world and feel fairly daunted, but God is yeah. working amazingly in so many ways. Mm, that is so Amen. true. Amen. Well, I just wanted to start with the scripture here as we talk about the journey of a lifetime. And it's out of 2 Corinthians 5. And it says, starting in verse 9, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And so we have an appointment and it's reserved for us in heaven as believers. And it has to do with rewards or no rewards. And Bruce, you just, you say it well. Here's a question for you. What does it mean to live by the six words? What does that mean? There are six remarkable words that we're told about in the scriptures and surprisingly that 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 the verses you shared are so profound and yet they're not top of mind mm -hmm. and they need to be god mm -hmm. needs to remind us to be thinking about that appointment that we'll have someday for him right. mm -hmm. and these six words give it such significance and it's it, these are the words that we all want to hear and they are well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And we find that in Matthew 25, mm -hmm. verse 21, that Jesus is explaining a parable that has implications for all of us. But we will hear something from the Lord mm -hmm. when we have that appointment. And how wonderful it'll be to see him just look at us and smile 
and just say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of heaven mm. with me forever. Mm. And it should be top of mind much more than it is. And so I, I'm glad we can talk about that a little bit today. Mm. Amen. And gosh, Bruce, again, as I said, that um, when did we think that we would find ourselves in our midlife or, you know, the golden years were called, you know, gosh, as a kid, I, I just seemed so far away. But now here we are and getting closer to meeting Jesus. And we all want to hear those six words, right? With our name attached to it. Well done, good and faithful servant, Bruce and Tom and Julia, mm. we want to hear that. But in order to do that, we need to live an intentional life. We need to live with eternity set before mm -hmm. us, not just tomorrow here on earth, because none of us know when we're going to take our last right. breath or if jesus would return before we you know die from this earth we don't know when that time is mm -hmm. so i love that you um you are teaching people how to live more intentionally how to um, make that goal a reality in our life so i guess my question to you would be what message um do you think me people need to hear as they get older what is something we all in a practical way need to hear to prepare for this mm -hmm. well and we're hearing a lot of messages, Joanne. As we age, the culture is very free in communicating to us because the culture is obsessed with youth and beauty and and all these the, the external trappings. And as we as we get into the midlife and beyond years, we start to age. Culture begins to treat us with a little bit of uh, diminishment and distance. Mm -hmm. and Pretty soon we'll be hearing messages that, well, thank you very much for all that you've done, but your best years are behind you. Mm -hmm. Let other people uh, take over now. And, you know, there are some seats up there in the stands. Why don't you go up there and watch the action on the field? But that's a, a message that is very subtle. And we can, without even realizing it, start to take it in. But it's... Mm -hmm completely contrary to the scriptures. Mm. That's right. And, Boy. Uh, and that's where we have to be discerning on the messages that, that we're listening to, because God is saying, you're just now ready for, for deep service into the kingdom. You've got years under your belt, and he's given us the giftings, skills, but all these experiences, mm -hmm, the trials mm -hmm. we've been through, the, the deep waters and that we've had to wade through and the, the difficulties. And we've got some scars on the back to, to show for all of this mm -hmm. journey of the life that, that God has uh, taken us through. So now God says, you're ready. And it's not the best years are behind you. Your best years are ahead of you. That's right. Amen. That way. And, um, you know, we, we've got so many examples in the scriptures of how God built uh, into the lives of people. So when they were older, they were able to step into some amazing roles for the kingdom. Mm, mm, so a list of, of them. That's right. And so all of this is going to be covered in the journey of a lifetime. We recommend getting uh, getting on. And is that where, where can people access it, Bruce? Uh, they could access it through uh, my website, which is finishinglifewell.com. Perfect. Uh, just finishinglifewell.com. There's a lot of information there. In this journey of a lifetime, 
And the, the title is important. It's a lifetime process here. Mm-hmm. And God is taking us day by day, building into his character uh, into our lives. Mm-hmm. But it's a lifetime. We will never finish until we mm-hmm. enter eternity. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. so it's something that God uh, will be working all the way in our life until we take mm-hmm. our last breath. So this journey of a lifetime videos are eight topics that distill down the essence of what I think uh, comprise a life that finishes well. It, it gives us inspiration, but also some warnings about mm-hmm. some challenges mm-hmm. that we encounter. Like who would ever think we have mountains that we need to move mm-hmm. and barriers that we encounter as we get older? These are a part of the normal journey, but we can get derailed or certainly sidetracked if we don't expect them. This is a natural part of the life journey that God has us on. Amen. Mm. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the time. We've been talking, what, six minutes or something, eight minutes, something like that. And already in that short amount of time, Bruce, you have taken what can be a depressing topic, mm-hmm. aging, and have turned it into something yeah. so encouraging and something so um, something that we want to we can look forward to something we want to press into so that we can on this journey of a lifetime finish well. So friends, we encourage you as Tom said, um, check this out. Go to finishing. Say that website it's again. Finishinglifewell.com. Finishinglifewell.com. You will be so blessed. So um, next question. So you mentioned just now that this is mentioned throughout scripture of how this is a journey, not just for a season, but for our entire life and how God wants us. He encourages us and he shows us how we can accomplish um, living a life well for That's him. Right. What are some passages in scripture that you have clung to on your journey of teaching others? Uh, there's so much uh, here, Joanne, and, and uh, just examples of, you know, Caleb, when he was 85, he said, I want the hill country where the giants are. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. So he was he was still having this vision of his life. And Joshua said, OK, you can have it. So mm-hmm. we see individual examples and in women uh, that are Anna, uh, the, the prophetess that held mm-hmm. Jesus for yes. faithful in the in the temple all the time prayers and then she got to hold got to hold and see wow. the messiah so these these older years are very significant in the kingdom but mm-hmm. there there is a warning when uh when we look at uh our life and uh when we look at uh say solomon mm-hmm. and uh solomon's life was uh such a, an example of a, of a man dedicated to the Lord. God appeared to him amazingly two times, but he had a downfall. But but look at uh, uh, look at what it says here in First uh, Kings eleven four. For it came about when Solomon was old. Mm. What a phrase! So that you're never out of the risk of, of uh, Satan attacking uh, um, things that can come up against you. When Solomon became old, he fell away. And because no. we know his story, all the wives and everything that he, little by little over the years, crept away. And, um, and it said that God then confronted him and God was hurt. I think really hurt by Solomon's choices. Solomon had turned a deaf ear to him for quite a while. And then verse nine of that chapter, you can almost feel the pain of the Lord. 
and the Lord was angry with Solomon, I think grieving with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Mm. God says, I appeared to you twice, and it's just so rare. And then we see that Solomon went away. But I do believe uh, uh, there's a reason to, to think that he did come back at the end. We read Ecclesiastes, and, mm -hmm. you know, he makes the conclusion when all is said and done, you know, mm -hmm. um, fear God and obey his commands. But, but it, I guess that's a that's a warning for us to say, oh, Lord, let us press in. Let us be discerning yeah. about our lives. And if Solomon, if it can happen to Solomon, it can happen to any of us. That's right. Boy, that's true. He had everything. He, he had everything. Including wisdom that yeah. he asked God for. That's so right. Even in that yes. wisdom, he he turned he away from God. It. And like you said, God appeared to him two times, which is a rare occurrence. Yeah. Um, especially in the days before the Holy Spirit came to indwell in believers. And so, yeah, he had that incredible visitation from God and still mm. was derailed. Still, yeah. And, and God gave him a blank check, asked for anything. That's and right. he asked for wisdom. Yes. A very important thing to do as a leader. But in the end, it was slipping away. I, I like your understanding of Solomon that he that he did come back and uh, so important. But, you know, the world has everything upside down. You have a certain amount of years and then you're not as useful. That's really the opposite of the biblical culture where older prophets and priests and kings and women of God were revered. Um Yes. And in the in the later years, they, they were the ones that had the wisdom and the experience in life. And what did what did Habakkuk uh, what does he tell us about finishing well for the Lord? Habakkuk is an interesting book because it's it's actually a complaint to God. It he is. says, God, where are you? What's happening? So I, I think with with Habakkuk, there, it, it kind of encapsulates a life. It's it zooms out and. And what's different about Habakkuk is, is it's not so much a message to Israel, which is normally a prophet. He's complaining to God. It's a conversation that he's having with God. And he sees what's what's going on in Judah and the disintegration of the culture. And can we see that in our life? Can we see it around us and what we're facing uh, in the mm -hmm. culture? And he's really complaining and so there's a, there's that humanity that I, I find refreshing. How long, oh Lord, will I call to help and you won't hear? I mean, we've often said that, and he goes through, but God wants to communicate to him because he wants us to understand. You may look around your world and see a lot of things that are troubling, and, and there's violence, and there's lots of things. It's, God, where are you? But then God says, you know what? You just have to look among the nations. I'm working globally, and you're going to be astonished. If you just can observe, you're going to wonder because I'm doing a work in your days. You wouldn't believe mm. you're told. So God is at work in astounding ways. And I would have to say somebody listening today may feel that their world is upside down. It, God isn't answering their, their prayers. They may feel very... Um, burdened by it, but God's reminder to us is He is at work in astounding ways, and we and we find uh, Habakkuk progress from this short little book, three chapters. He says, "Okay, I'm just going to stand at my guard post. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to I'm just going to be a watchman on the wall." And he just pays attention. He's going to be taught, and at the very end, we see his heart change from the complaining to total surrender. 
where he just, one of the most beautiful mm -hmm. prayers in the whole Bible, this statement that we've probably, many of us are familiar with there, that 317, uh, though the fig tree should not blossom, there be no fruit on the vines. He goes through this beautiful uh, statement of faith. Okay, Lord, no matter what happens, I, I trust and yet I will exalt in the Lord and rejoice in the God of my salvation. So he wasn't going to let his attitude just go down, trusting the Lord. Then I love this last part where he said, Lord, you're my strength, but you've made my feet like Heinz feet. And I always mm -hmm. wondered, Heinz, and I mean, Tom, you probably, with all your teaching in Israel, if I understand it, these are little deer with these unique feet with pads that can climb on the most steep cliffs. Uh, it, and he just says, Lord, you're going to let me get through it all. Mm -hmm. I will exalt in you. You're going to use my life. You're going to equip me to climb those That's high right. cliffs. And it's it, leave, it uh, leaves us on such a positive note where he completes surrender. And then God is working uh, through his life to the very end. And, it, and it's such a great visual. Uh, we do this when we go to Israel and take, take trips to Israel, Bible tours. Habakkuk 2, I will stand at my watch and station myself on their ramparts. And he just lays it out there. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Uh, I have a complaint, Lord. I'm standing on the ramparts so that he could look over the walls of Jerusalem. And so that's a safe place. He's not outside the walls. He's inside the walls and he's looking. Well, okay, God, I know you're coming. I know you're going to answer. When are you going to do it? What a powerful visual. We like to do that in Israel with our groups when people are struggling with unanswered prayer, big SOS emergency mm -hmm. situations. Go up there, lay it before the Lord. Everybody deals with those in life. And he was no different. And he waited for the answer of the Lord from the Lord to his complaint. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's right. Habakkuk is, is such a good example to us. God invites us to share whatever we're struggling with, bringing it to him. He already knows what we're thinking, according to the Psalm 139. So when we share that with him, but just as Habakkuk did, what we do is then we shift our focus, bring our complaints before the Lord, <clears throat> but end as he did, trusting God worshiping him and saying, okay, show me how you want to change my life to align with your will. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we do have so many messages coming against us in this world these days. Um, most of it negative, like you said, you know, sit in the, up in the top of the bleachers and watch what's going on on the field. Um, yet, um, that's because that's not God's will for us. What are some words, maybe three words that you believe captures our hearts so that we can finish well for Jesus? Do you have any advice on that? Yes. You know, there again, we, we're talking about the six words that well done, but then there are three words that I think define our journey of finishing well. And it's a hopeful journey. And by the way, anyone can finish well. So <laughs> that we're not saying you gotta you gotta uh, take it perfectly all the way to the end. No, we're we, we uh, sometimes our path kind of goes not in a straight line. It's zigzagging across. So anyone can finish well. Jesus invites us back onto mm -hmm. the path. Mm -hmm. He's always got his forgiveness and grace there. No matter how far afield we mm -hmm. may find ourselves today, Jesus is inviting us back on. You can get on the path. So the, the three words that to me are so key in this, the first one is integrity. 
we live with integrity. And what I mean by that is that I will honor my vows and promises that I've made to the Lord and to others for the rest of my life. Mm. Mm. Amen. I'm just going to honor them no matter what. And believe me, we will be challenged with our, mm -hmm. our vows and promises. Mm -hmm. It is not, I mean, that's something we can commit to, but it's a daily commitment that I'll honor my vows to the Lord and others that I've made for the rest of my life. So in order to do that, the second word is courage. I'm going to need a ton of courage and reliance on God, as we saw with Habakkuk. Okay, Lord, you're my strength. You're going to get me through this. And so I'm going to resolve to do whatever it takes to live with integrity. And that's a that's a gutsy thing. Whatever yes. it takes to pay any price, it's that important because it takes a, a, so many years, a, really a, a lifetime to live with integrity, but it doesn't take much to destroy oh, it. Boy, that's that's so true. True. It can mm -hmm. happen so fast. And I, I know that we've all seen examples of it and there are tragic examples. But if we can just hold on, take the courage and not go alone. We on this journey, but we hold steady. Then the, the other part that's so good about this, when we have that integrity, the courage, we're going to experience a season of reward. Reward mm -hmm. is the third word. And we will get some of that reward in this life. Ultimately, everything mm -hmm. in, in heaven. But God will give us rewards, just affirmation saying, yes, well, you, you're doing well. Stay at it. But we get to have some reward in the benefits that come with living with integrity and courage. So it is overall, it's a very positive message here, not without its challenges, but it's a positive message that God is going to be work, walking with us step by step. And there's a time of reward that will come that we'll experience in this life as well. Mm, beautiful. Bruce, one of the things you say is that the coffee bean is a metaphor for the Christian life. What do you mean by that? Okay, now this, I don't know. I, uh, you, you can tell me what you think if I'm way off base or not here, but we live in a coffee culture. Uh, I love coffee. I know you love coffee, but mm -hmm. I got to thinking, okay, what that little coffee bean, it doesn't just start out at that, that lovely little cup of coffee that we have. That's the very end of the process. But if, if, if you know about it, the coffee bean will grow as a little fruit on a, on a, on a bush. But what they got to do is they got to pluck the fruit out. They've got to dry it in the sun and then they husk it. They take the, the husk off it and they're this little bean. Well, then that little bean uh, gets roasted up to 400, almost 500 degrees, depending on the, the, the type of roast it's going to be. And then it's shipped off somewhere where it's ground up, scalded with water, and then the the uh, the flavor comes. So I was thinking, well, Lord, you know what? If I was that little coffee bean and I'm a believer, you're going to pluck me off and mm -hmm. you're going to start your process. So the end result is that we are the fragrance mm -hmm. of Christ. We're the mm -hmm. flavor of Christ to the world all around us. But that journey, God has to take us through quite a process. We become a new believer. He's plucking us. We will go through trials and things that draw us to himself. Then we don't like some of that journey. But as I uh, as I looked into it, 
uh, when when the coffee bean is roasted, there are surprisingly antioxidants. It's filled with a lot of amazing mm -hmm. things, antioxidants, oils, acids, and proteins that would never have come out unless it was under that heat. And then eventually that all comes and it's scalded with the water that some of the final things is it's pressed and poured in. And, and so to me, that does describe a lot of our Christian life. And we certainly see that with our, our brothers and sisters in persecuted countries mm. where their lives oh, are sacrificed. They're willing oh, to die yeah. for Jesus. That's right. But the impact in their, their lives, how God takes their sacrifice and so many people come to know him. So in a, in a little way, I felt that that journey of a coffee bean can describe our Christian life. And we don't want to resist God's careful roasting process at times mm -hmm, mm -hmm. through that deepening relationship with him ultimately will be the fragrance of christ will be poured out for him paul said i'm, I'm poured out as a drink offering drink offerings out for the lord and as we age and get older the coffee becomes richer amen and mm -hmm. better so right. that was my i don't know I, that's what i, I love a little bit about that I love it. And I love that the process of that coffee bean, there's many different stages. Each one is a little different, just like the trials in our life and yeah. the seasons of our life are unique and different. And even toward the end, what's the last process? Ouch, scalding, boiling. But what is the result? Not only delicious tasting coffee, but even those that don't necessarily enjoy drinking coffee, most people will say that the smell of fresh yeah. brewed coffee smells incredible. And that's the aroma of Christ that's right. that you mentioned. So yes, Bruce, I agree. Tom, that's you agree. Right. That's a I great do. analogy, a great metaphor. Well, you know, you've written this book that's so amazing about finishing well, but now you've just created this amazing um, video series, Journey of a Lifetime. What was your motivation in creating that, Bruce? I felt that uh, people now need a lot of encouragement. There are uh, challenges as, as, as we age and through the Christian life, I took this book and distilled it down, plus with some new uh, convictions in my heart. And I put these short videos together. And so I, I was hoping that people could look at them. They're maybe six to nine minutes long with a little, I call it a journey guide. It's like a study guide, but it takes people into the topics. They could do it personally, or hopefully even in a small group, do this together where find people that are on the same kind of a time frame as you are on your journey and and uh, to go through this because it will be inspiring it will equip and <clears throat> and motivate and uh, that these are at least eight topics but there's many more this will begin uh, the 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 thought process of what does it mean to finish well now i should say that finishing well is going to look different for all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some core things that we <clears throat> all will have, like commitment to Jesus Christ, following him on that narrow path, uh, looking to him. But God has gifted us all uniquely and, and given us different experiences and skills. All of that he will use to deploy us out. And amazingly, we have heavenly assignments from the throne of God. That's right. So God has something that's unique to each of mm -hmm. us that come from his throne. Now, mm -hmm. the, one of the points uh, of the eight is one that's called be ready. 
And it's, we want to be ready when mm -hmm. God's assignment comes. So think about, now this is a younger example, but Mary and Joseph, if they hadn't been ready, if they had been distracted, think of this, think of the impact, but they were mm -hmm. prepared even at a younger age. Mm -hmm. So we want to be ready whenever God's assignment comes. Mm -hmm. so typically, it's going to push us out of our comfort zone. Just mm. what he'll we do. Only that. <laughs> and I love there was a quote that I, I heard one time. It says, we are actually robbing God of his glory if we only limit ourselves to doing something in our own strength. Ooh. Robbing God of glory. So he wants us to be perhaps a little uncomfortable stepping out in faith. That That's, that's right. That he can show up. Amen. and demonstrate his power mm. Oh. Mm. we often wow. like to say what is something great i'm trusting god for ah today yes. every day today today yeah oh, and i love that you use mary and joseph as an example because they are younger this journey of a lifetime is not just for people in their golden years this is for folks that are younger as well, yeah. that they can, you can start this journey mm -hmm. anytime. You can watch this video series that is so good. Tom and I have had a chance to listen to it. It is amazing, Bruce. God has so gifted you in this mm. area and communicating well. They're very strong. But the, the, um, the meat of this message is so deep and so necessary for the, for the people in the body of Christ to hear, no matter what age group you follow. That's right. That's right. It's also Journey of a Lifetime is on the Christian Broadcasting Network. You can find it there. You can find it on uh, Bruce's uh, website, finishinglifewell.com, right? Did yes. I say it right? Got it. Perfect. Okay. So from our conversation today, Bruce, what do you hope people will come away with in, re in how, how they will respond? What would you like for their response to be? Well, certainly to be aware if they've bought into some of the messaging, if, if they're feeling yeah. like retreating back into the stands or taking a place on the sidelines um, and letting others do it, I think it's realizing that God wants to use each of us, mm -hmm. even more so as we get older, I think, because perhaps we might have some extra time or we have that wisdom and experience. And so understanding that and then looking for those divine appointments that God brings mm -hmm. into our life. If we're not a, if we're not aware of it, sometimes we, we can just go right by it. But uh, you both have always been so good of being sensitive to the environment that God puts you in. Who are the people that cross your path? And uh, it can be people that look very different from us or a younger person that needs some encouragement and help. But to, to be praying very specifically, Lord, let me influence someone mm. you and maybe mm -hmm. many people but begin to actively ask god to be an influencer even if you don't feel like you have much to offer you do and god will reveal that to you so actively praying i want to be an influencer and be willing to to move out of your comfort zone because it will be a little uh, stretching at times mm -hmm. but you will see god use you and uh bring a friend along I mean, encourage each other in this journey just to take steps now mm -hmm. to say, Lord, we can be a force. We can be a force for the kingdom as we uh, grow right. older. And if we have health and with medical technology, 65 is nothing now. That's right. Wherever you yeah. find find yourself, you got another 30 years after that. So there's a whole huge time frame that God wants to use us. And I love what you said, Joanne, about the younger 
people that if you're listening and you're not, you know, you're, those years are way ahead of you, you can still make such great choices that the impact of your life when you get to be those older years can even be greater because Amen. of what vested in your early years of following Jesus, obeying, mm. loving him and going deep with him. And, and you know, it's so easy for the culture that is enamored with how people look to, for people and even believers to just judge themselves by their appearance. Hey, we're all going to get old. We're all going to age. I remember my favorite prophet, Dallas Seminary, Howard Hendricks said his wife looks at him. He's losing his hair. He's losing his looks. In fact, the only thing he's not losing is weight. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it's easy to look, gosh, this is how I used to look. And now I don't. And hey, that's a part of the process. There's much more to us than our physical appearance. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. So yes, well, anyways. Bruce, we are so excited about this new video series, Journey of a Lifetime. And, you know, you mentioned um, going through this with others as in a group setting. And since this has just been released, our Uncharted team is going to go through Journey of a Lifetime together. And one of the reasons I'm excited about it is we're not all in the same age bracket. We do have some that yes. are younger. And I think that's going to spur mm -hmm. on some beautiful conversation because we're going to have two generations here mm -hmm. that are going to be looking from different perspectives. But as scripture says, we'll be able to spur one another on the younger learning from the older and the older still learning from the younger, oh, so because true. we never want to stop learning, do we? And I believe that's part of what your whole journey is about is we want to continue not only to, to grow and to thrive and to flourish in our later years, but we want to keep learning. God sure. has so much that he wants to teach us. And that learning um, will, of course, will shift and change when we step into eternity. But I'm guessing when we get into heaven, yes, we'll know in full, but we are still going to be learning so much more there. So Bruce, thank you for creating this incredible journey of a lifetime video series and making it available for so many folks mm -hmm. to enjoy. Um, we just can't wait to, again, do this together as a group. And listeners, I hope that you will go to mm -hmm. Bruce's website and you will check out this awesome material. That's right. Wow. That's right. So now we're going to shift, shift gears, gears. here. <laughs> we're going to shift gears. And one of the things at Uncharted, we have a heart for the least reached, for the unengaged, unreached people groups. We have a heart for the worst countries in the world to be a believer in because of no rights, persecution, you can die if you come to faith out of a Muslim background, let's say. And all of a sudden, uh, we began a ministry in Pakistan, which if you look at Open Doors World Watch List each year, it's always in the top five. Pakistan is one of the most difficult places for believers to survive. And we're finding, Bruce, that they do, because of your work in Pakistan and what's happening, they don't merely survive there. They thrive in the midst of, of the chaos, of the danger. D tell the listeners about the ministry in Pakistan. One of the most significant parts of our ministry is able to go out to these uh, countries of the world where believers are persecuted. And we live in a bubble in the West, unfortunately. There's a lot of comfort and uh, we can... We can get away with a lot of things in our life, but believers in other countries where your life is on the line, there's hostilities. And uh, several years back, uh, Tom, you had started a, uh, a 
prayer page on Facebook, which I think everybody should should hear about. It's a Facebook uh, and it's called 838. You spell out the 30, 838. And that's based on Romans 8. Now, Tom, I think, well, you and Joanne both had this burden of seeing mm-hmm. persecuted believers, right? I mean, that was right. something several years back. We got, we were contacted. We made a post for praying for Pakistan. And we were contacted with a single line of a, of a young man who, said, who just thanked us for bringing the plight of persecuted Christians to the world that were in Pakistan. And it shows how small, little small things, a single sentence or two can lead into something huge when mm-hmm. God is in it. And since that time, we've gotten to know this young man who uh, has dedicated his life. And we have seen God open up doors of ministry. And what we, we first got involved with was a young woman, young Christian lady who was abducted at 13 years old by a Muslim man who was 44, kidnapped, uh, held as a sex slave, and chained to a bed and for five months. Now, there are a thousand or more young Christian girls are kidnapped in Pakistan a year, and only 10% are ever found. Mm-hmm. Uh, this young woman was one of the fortunate ones, and we uh, heard about it. And then in talking, we just said, well, let's see what we can do to help help her. And her name was Mayok. And uh, and then that opened a door for ministry where we all of a sudden learned what is going on here. Christians are at the low rung of the, of the societal ladder. They economically are impoverished. And we had an education. And since that time, we were able to help this young, young woman and her family be involved with rescues of others. But what we didn't realize is that because Christians have no economic ability in the country, if you have a medical uh, expense, you're you're desperate for help. And so they have to go to a uh, a Muslim uh, uh, individual to borrow money. And they go to a brickyard where they'll borrow money for a emer- family emergency. Then they indenture themselves into mm-hmm. slavery to pay this off. And we have no idea, as, as we have gotten to know and understand this situation, that there are over 20,000 brickyards in Pakistan. And our contact there says he thinks there's 2 million or more Christians enslaved hmm. there. Think of that. Now, we will, we will never know it. It's, it's invisible to us. But we mm-hmm. have God has opened this little door to us. And so we have been working quietly under the radar, but through this young man and his ministry of rescuing families from uh, slavery in the brickyards. These are Christian families. We've, we've rescued 13 families so far, and it is just heartbreaking. And yet to see what God will do with mm-hmm. a family to give them freedom. And we're trying to rescue family units right. because the sad thing is grandchildren are enslaved mm-hmm. for the debts that they're grandparents made. And so they never get out of this. So Tom, it has just been so rewarding for us, heartbreaking, but rewarding to see how God's working in this very hostile nation against Christians, but rescuing people. We're training young girls in uh, uh, sewing and in beauty. Joanne, I know that's on your heart to to train these young Christian women with your not forgotten uh, ministry and uh, able to build them up and change generations in the future. So right. it's just been a 
wonderful privilege to be a part of what God's doing there. Oh my gosh, this was a ministry that started out as teeny tiny as a mustard seed, yeah. but has blossomed thus far into this beautiful flourishing tree of life. And um, we know we're just at the beginning of work, um, working in Pakistan. But one of the things I love, Bruce, about rescuing these families from slavery is we're not just getting them rescued. Mm -hmm. um, our team in Pakistan is working so hard to get them rescued, pay off their debt. You know, they hire a lawyer so it's all very legal. There's papers that are signed, so their freedom is secure forever. But, you know, if we didn't go beyond that, they could easily go right back into slavery. So yeah. what our team does is you want to, you tell us, why don't you tell our listeners what the next step is, the most important step? Well, that, you know, that's right, because the follow-up is crucial to all of this. So with the rest, when they are rescued and uh, it's dangerous. Uh, we're told that these uh, slave owners, they have a union in Pakistan of slave owners. They're organized across the country and they're like many warlords. They're out in the remote areas and they can control the police, the judicial system. So it's very, very dangerous. But God has given favor. They're rescued. Then we help them find a place to live. Uh, they have they're in rags. We provide clothing, food supplies, just basics to get established. Then we uh, talk to the, the husband, uh, the man in the home, and we give them a micro business. We set them up and it can be anything from selling fruits and vegetables on uh, with part of their society does that where they can do that. We have um, one of the man was a ch in a child labor situation. He learned how to make shoes. So now all these years later, mm -hmm. he's a cobbler. And uh, so we've been able to put together these micro businesses so they become independent. And then we follow up mm -hmm. counseling. We have regular counseling where they, they'll come in as a couple or a family and just talk to them because the trauma they've been through. And it's beautiful. Every year there's a reunion. All the enslaved mm -hmm. families get so together sweet. with a reunion and they share among themselves what God is doing. What's, you know, how their little micro businesses is, is uh, going and it's the follow-up piece is so important and uh, we do that for the girls as well that are in our programs mm. so important I, one of the things i love i didn't want to say something yeah. real quick um one of the things i love is when we first see the photographs of these families they're downcast oh. they don't look at the camera lens and and they look very sad and understandably they're slaves right or these young girls are in abusive situations before they go into our sewing schools um, and part of that may be cultural, that they don't smile for the camera. Sure. But as time goes on, as they're set free, as their micro business is beginning to grow and flourish, boy, the, the, the look on their faces change. We see hope in the eyes. We see smiles. It has been amazing what God is doing. And not only are they ministered to physically, but also spiritually. So it's just a well-rounded work, well-rounded ministry. And Bruce, we are so grateful that you are heading this up for Uncharted. It's so true. I, I love that we give them a business coach. You know, you think about it, if they're second or third generation slave, They've never made business decisions. What yeah. would they know? But they have skills and they need someone to come alongside to show them how to make a profit, whether it's a fruit stand or fried eatables or, yes. or making <clears throat> shoes. And they do well once they learn uh, some of the skills that are needed. And then there's also follow-up discipleship. They've their families never experienced the freedom. What are they going to do with this freedom? And so it's such a complete package. And um, 
we'd invite the listeners to get involved, to pray, okay. to uh, support this. Um, mm -hmm. Bruce, what on an average does it take to free a family from slavery and set them up? We usually don't talk about money, but let's see. No, we in this don't. Case, and, and, do. uh, yes, uh, but when you look at the whole picture, I think you're probably uh, between two and 3,000 to get them fully set up and and everything because in some cases they have nothing they have to buy them furniture for their for the little place where they live and get them established and on their feet uh but it's uh yeah by our standards of the dollar goes a long way over there and uh one of the other encouraging things is these children are going they go to school that's right get they're going to be educated so these young girls, in fact, part of this, uh, the sewing class and then the beauty school that we've just started, part of their training is in, in English. Mm. So they're learning English. They're going to, uh, and then these families that are rescued, all their children will go to school. So we're praying that generationally we will change the direction. That's right. That God will be blessing as these young girls have yeah. a job. They, they, they can sew and they'll attract a young man who's upwardly mobile and they can start to establish a new generation of believers in Pakistan. That's right. Just like the children of Israel, slave for making bricks right. in Egypt and then coming into the promised land to a whole new life. Yeah. God teaching and training them all along the way. And that's exactly what he's doing in Pakistan. In fact, that's why we call it Operation Musa, that's Operation right. Moses. Yes. And I'll never forget, Bruce, one of the leaders there saying, once this all started happening and families were getting freed, and uh, they were experiencing the joy of their family not being beaten up or harassed or even some of the things that were happening to girls and women. I mean, it's horrible, the, the rape yeah. situation, the abuse and all of that. And he said, we knew we were created for more mm -hmm. than just to be hated. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's what... The Christians were a doormat in that country. Yeah. And didn't we come to the conclusion that if that was true, that there were two million slaves, that about one third of the Christian population in Pakistan is in slavery? It's yeah, the the, the statistics are staggering. Uh, this is what we've been told by our contact there. Uh, and it is, it's so it's sobering. And I that that statement is. Uh, amazing. And then on the positive side, these families are so grateful that one family asked our contact, would you please name our son? We've rescued a family where the woman is pregnant and has birth outside in freedom. Praise and God. one family asked our, our ministry partner there, would you name my son? Mm. And named him Moses. Moses. That's right. So precious. Well, with that, I can't think of anything better to end on, Bruce. It's just been a joy to have oh, you. Yeah. Author of The Best is Yet to Be, <laughs> Moving Mountains in Midlife. You can get that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, any place where good books are sold. Also, The Journey of a Lifetime, Finishing Well video series is is. I think it's a must for totally. people. No matter your to, age. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. I wish there would have been something like that when I was younger mm -hmm. to just set my mm -hmm. course to look at finishing well. So important. Hey, listeners, get involved in Pakistan too. Uh, people are being freed physically and spiritually. 
uh, Jesus is moving in Pakistan. Bruce, just great to have you with us. Oh, so good to be with you. Thank you. We love you, Bruce and Kathleen and your family. And again, it is an honor for us to serve Jesus alongside you. Thank you so much. Amen. We sure do. Thanks for joining us today, listeners. Oh, Jesus, thank you for this conversation. It just gives us hope that it is attainable for all of us to finish our race strong so that one day we can hear the words from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you for Bruce, um, the the wisdom and and knowledge that you've given him in putting together both his book and this video series that makes it, um, gives us intentional, purposeful steps that we can take so that we can ensure that we will finish strong. Lord, use this, both these messages for your glory, draw people to listen to these so that all of us will hear those six incredible words. And thank you for what you're doing in Pakistan, that you are freeing our brothers and sisters in Christ. And you tell us in your word that one of, when one of us suffers, we all suffer. And brothers and sisters perishing so often in these slave yards, uh, brickyards. And so we pray for their freedom. Thank you for our leader there who's working so hard with his team to set these people free for your glory. So continue to, to use that work, we pray. Uh, thank you for this time together. We love you, Jesus, and may we grow in our faith and may we all finish strong for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.